0: Well, that was pretty fabulous. Thank you, Michael. Our Gospel is from the ninth chapter of the Gospel according to St. Luke, beginning at the 51st verse. It's printed in your bulletin insert, should you like to follow along. In preparation to hear these words, let us pray. God of light and mystery and presence and wonder, We pray that these ancient words as we hear them might be so inspirited by your presence that we might hear a word for us today or we hear a word differently. And I would pray that my reflections would be like a window with the blind open. We pray this in the power of the one who is the Christ. Amen. When the days drew near for Jesus to be taken up, he set his face to go to Jerusalem. And he sent messengers ahead of him, and on their way they entered a village of the Samaritans to make ready for him. But they did not receive him, because his face was set toward Jerusalem. When his disciples, James and John, saw this, they said, Rabbi, do you want us to command, to command fire to come down from heaven and consume them? And Jesus turned and rebuked them, as he is prone to do. Then they went to another village, and as they were going along the way, someone said to him, I will follow you wherever you go. And Jesus said to him, Foxes have holes, and the birds of the air have their nests, but the Son of Humanity has nowhere to lay his head. To another he said, Follow me, but he said, Rabbi, let me first go and bury my father." But Jesus said, let the dead bury their own dead, but as for you, go and proclaim the sovereignty of God. Another said, I will follow you, but let me first say farewell to those at my home. Jesus said to him, no one who puts a hand to the plow and looks back is fit for the dominion of God. Here ends the, first, the second lesson. This past Thursday, John and I saw the play play Hairspray, a play that I've seen on stage and on screen several times, but this time it was performed by the Oregon Shakespeare Festival in Ashland. Hairspray, if you don't know, is a widely joyful production that celebrates at its heart radical inclusion, initially racial inclusion, but this production that we saw was far broader than that. Now, Hair Spray isn't a play that I would ever think would bring me to tears, almost to the point that I couldn't talk. But this is exactly what it did. We left the theater crying. Not just us, but most in the audience. Not because I or we were sad. But we were filled, or I was filled with awe because of the strength of the human spirit to rise above biases and difficulties and disabilities. I left crying because I was filled with emotion that a national theater company would cast such people with diversities along with severe disabilities in lead roles to the point to make the point that we all have contributions to make to the greater good of the human family. One of the lead roles was played by a woman whose name was Jenna Bainbridge. When Jenna was 18 months old, she suffered a spinal cord injury and has been partially paralyzed from the waist down ever since. If you've never seen Hairspray, every single act, the cast dances. This disability never slowed Jenna Down, on the contrary, it motivated her to show the world that people with disabilities belong in the spotlight. She has worked tirelessly tirelessly to break down barriers and to perform in theaters around the world. She says we can only accept and embrace our differences if we can publicly see and talk about them. And what is more public than the arts? It's her dream to become the first mainstream actress. With a visible disability. Pride is about being seen. There are four differently abled young people in this service, in, <laughs> in this play as well. One, his name is Luke Hogan-Lorison. He's an eighth grader at Ashland Middle School. Luke was born with cerebral palsy. As you may know, is a neurological or disorder that affects his body movements and muscle tones. And on top of that, he has a speech disability known as dysarthria. The pure joy and delight in Luke's face and his contorted body as he danced during the finale spoke to me of the power of saying yes to ourselves. Pride is about being seen. Pride is about saying yes to who we are. Today is the Gay, Lesbian, Bisexual, Transgender, Queer Pride Month. And it was chosen as that to commemorate Stonewall Riots in 1969, which happened at the end of June. As a result, there are Pride events all around the world that have been taking place and are taking place in our city today to recognize the impact of the LGBT community around the world. But pride isn't just about one's sexual orientation. It's about being who one is. And this is true of all people and all sexualities and all expressions and all abilities and disabilities. And this was reinforced for me while watching that play in Ashland. Pride is about being seen, Pride is about being real. Pride is about being one's self. Now, from a faith perspective, pride is about being who we were created to be, who I am, who you are, without apologies. Pride is faith in the idea that God had when God made you, when God made me, when God made us. This is what's going on in our gospel this morning. At least this is the lens how I read it. A little aside about this text, I told Jenna and Michael this, and I think I mentioned this maybe three years ago when this came to the lectionary, and I thought, okay, Jeff, go with it. Um, When I was in seminary, I was in, uh, some of you have heard this, sorry, um, Preaching 101, and we were given an assigned text to pray with and work with, work with for the entire semester, I was given this one. I knew nothing about theology, I knew nothing about scripture interpretation, and I thought, are you kidding me? And so then I got up to preach with great nervousness after working on this text way more than anyone should ever work on any passage of scripture for a sermon, and I preached as best as I could, and uh, the professor, whose name escapes me right now, that's probably psychological... um, (laughs) He said to me after I sat down, Well, Mr. Gaines, that was thoroughly wretched. Maybe you should consider another profession. <laughs> I know, poor Jeff. But anyway, I'm attacking this now the second time. I believe that when Jesus is inviting people and calling them to follow, that's an invitation to be our very selves. And what happens in the text He says, follow me, and everyone has an excuse as to why they can't follow in that moment. Jesus said, follow me. But a person said, okay, but let me first go and bury my father. Follow me. Oh, I will, but now isn't a good time. Follow me. Okay, let me think about it, and I'll get back with you. Another said, I will follow you, but let me first say farewell to those who are at home. And Jesus says, no one who puts a hand to the plow and looks back is fit for the kingdom of God now Jesus wasn't saying that we shouldn't care for the death of a parent or the responsibilities that we have at home or to family or to friends but what he is saying is that there is an urgency in being who we are plain small Making excuses serves no one. Minorities do this all the time. Racial minorities, sexual minorities, ability minorities, financial minorities always have to be quiet, pretending to be invisible, denying who they are so they can fit in or even worse, be safe. As Paolo corello puts it, When we say yes to others, make sure we are not saying no to ourselves. For being weak, invisible, not ourselves, doesn't serve anyone, especially God. So when Jesus says, follow me, he means now. Now. Now is the time. Now is the moment. This is why people, all kinds of people, are marching in the parade down Market Street today. Maybe not responding to what Jesus' invitation, but on a deeper level, they're responding to being themselves. When I was at Monterey last week, preaching at my former congregation last month, preaching at my former congregation, following about 10 people gathered for an impromptu lunch hosted by a couple that I had married while I was there. The husband is a firefighter with the Monterey City Fire Department and he mentioned that he and a bunch of his buddies on one of the rigs, was again, was looking, they were looking forward to being in the pride parade today. And I asked, why? He said, no one can be free to be themselves unless everyone is free. Another guy at the table, a welder, Said that he and his family and children were all coming up to the parade for the exact same reason. Their words to me were gospel. And gospel, if you remember, means good news or truth. Hmm. No one is free unless everyone is free. Or as Jenna Bainbridge put it, we can only accept and embrace our differences if we can publicly see and talk about them. This is what pride is all about. This is what faith is all about. In our preparation for worship this morning, we printed a quote by Donna Fields. She says, this is what I have to say to you. It could have been Christ saying this. This is what I have to say to you. You know all that you need to know. You are already all that you need to be. It only remains, it remains only for you to recognize and acknowledge who you are, what you are, and the powerful presence that is awake and alive within you. You think of yourself as fragile, but you are in fact strong. You sometimes feel you are, you sometimes feel alone, but you are in truth connected through spirit to all beings. Believe this connection, believe in yourself. This is all you need to do. You see, from God's perspective, God's very presence has been leading us along the way since the day we breathed our first breath. As the psalmist said, I contemplate in silence, recalling how you led me along the way. For your way, O beloved, is holy. There is no other like you. You are the one who will bring us to wholeness. You manifest your love to all who call upon you. With you, the peoples are redeemed, the nations brought to peace. For just a moment, reflect on your life. Can you recall a time when you knew, beyond a shadow of a doubt, that the Holy was leading you along the way, leading you along the path we call life? In a recent spiritual direction conversation, a woman asked me, how do I know the path, the direction, or decision is the right one that I should take? Of course, I didn't have the answer, but I did offer four indicators for discernment that I have found helpful over my decades of companioning people. They are. Is the decision one that wasn't your idea? Is the decision one that doesn't make sense? Will it require you to change? And will the change make you uncomfortable? I want to say this again. Is the decision one that wasn't your idea? Is it one that doesn't make sense? Will it require you to change? And will the change make you a bit uncomfortable? If these four indicators speak to whatever decision you are contemplating, then more often than not, the prompting is from the holy. You see, God's desire for us is to have life and have it abundantly, which doesn't mean we'll have a lot of wealth or things, but it will mean and does mean that we'll experience freedom and a freedom isn't abundance what is. Jesus said, no one puts their hand to the plow and looks back is fit for the dominion of God. This speaks to trusting what we know and not worrying about what we don't know. Looking back isn't a faith response. Only looking forward is. So how are you looking forward to what is yet to be in your life, in our world? How are you responding to Jesus' invitation to follow? And how are you being the gift of God that you are to the world? How are you being the gift of God that you are? To the world, This is what our affirmation of faith affirms this morning. We believe you long for us to say yes to life and no to all that pulls us away from life. We believe you call us to love ourselves, which allows us to reach out and love others. We believe that you say no to all those false images that we so often have said yes to. We believe that you love us to no longer be afraid, and this love empowers us to walk in the truth of who we are, thus embracing whose we are. Yours. You see, my dear friends, God has been with you, with me, since the beginning of time, leading us along the way. Might we this week say yes to the invitation to, that is spoken to us to follow and to do so with pride and to stand up and be seen.